Boyble the Anxious Gnome by Jared Gentile, read by Arjun Biju. Boyble was an anxious little gnome who lived in a mushroom. He was constantly testing the mushroom's structural integrity with various instruments he'd invented for that very purpose. And when they read that the mushroom was safe, Boyble would reinforce the stem and cap anyway. He'd installed 16 buttresses, 14 elf steel rod bearing supports, and dug seven feet in the ground to bolster the mushroom's roots, which in the gnome community was unheard of. The rest of the gnomes were anxious for Boyble, but otherwise happy. They had mushrooms to live in, acorns and squirrels to eat, a song in their hearts, and there hadn't been any enmity with the neighboring orc kingdom in generations. What more could they ask for? Plus, they received gifts they didn't ask for in the form of Boyble's inventions, which sought to make the gnomes' lives even more perfect, convenient, and satisfied. He invented a foot massage machine that ran off pixie power and created hundreds of jobs for the pixies in the process. He bought compasses from the elves and peer pressured them until they pointed out where the squirrels hid instead of north, which the gnomes weren't particularly interested in. They didn't do much traveling. And most controversial of all, he invented a love thermometer using a wizard's wand, some fairy dust, and a smattering of heartbroken tears. <laughs> the tears were his own. The gnomes didn't love this last invention. In fact, they hated it. But Boyble was a slave to his frenzied, restless mind, and even if he had an idea that might be better off remaining as such, he had to bring it to life. He invented the love thermometer in the summer, when he suspected Missy Fringe of infidelity, and used it on her while she was unawares. She was outraged when she woke up with a thermometer in her ear, and chased after him wielding her pointy hat when he told her it wasn't a normal thermometer and that it indicated she no longer loved him. Then she got tired of running and plopped down on a pebble chair, sobbed, and told him everything. He was suffocating to be around. His dread was a cloud that cut off her air, and his inventions were his insolent children that usurped his attention and harangued his soul. Meanwhile, Missy sat alone at the dinner table, unloved and unsatisfied. So she'd taken to going on long walks through the mushroom forest, even to the outskirts of the orc kingdom, where she bought deep fried gecko on a stick from a stand. The orc who ran the stand was shy, with crooked teeth, glasses, and an unimpressive build for an orc. He was about three times as tall as Missy, and she fell in love with him at first sight. It took six successive trips and as many fried gecko sticks until he felt the same. In short, they were in love. Missy was leaving Boyble, and he and his obsessively safe mushroom could go to rot. All the gnomes heard the news within minutes, since they were a close-knit community, and their mushrooms grew within inches from each other. Everyone worried for Boyable as his worrying habit grew more worrisome. He began inventing weapons like skunk bombs and fingernail cannons, the likes of which the peaceful gnome community hadn't seen since the orc-gnome conflicts a century ago. The older gnomes feared Boyble was preparing for an end to peace as a vendetta against the scrawny orc who'd stolen his wife. It was quite a lot of drama for a community who spent the vast majority of their time standing happily on their front lawns. Naturally, someone had to talk to Boyble. But the gnomes were all shy, and besides, Boyble seemed like he was spiraling into insanity. 
So the gnomes forcefully elected their most senior representative to have a word with Boibel, since the older gnomes got, the less shy they became. That made Whitebeard their best hope at averting an orc gnome arms race. Boibel, can I come in? If it's not a bad time, Whitebeard asked, knocking on Boibel's mushroom door. Damn, I should have just said I needed to talk to him. Whitebeard remonstrated himself. Even for the least shy gnome, he was still fairly shy. Be gone, devil! Boibel shouted from inside. Boibel had gone crazy from paranoia and rage, so he was exempt from the shyness rule. Uh, well? Whitebeard stammered, mustering his courage. I'm coming in. And he pushed in the door to Boibel's mushroom. It was chaos inside. Half-finished inventions limped around in circles, half-eaten acorns and squirrel tails littered the floor, and Boibel half seemed like he might fire the fingernail cannon he was holding in Whitebeard's face. Whoa! Put that down, please, Whitebeard warned, politely. Put yourself out of my mushroom, Boibel countered crazily. Whitebeard saw this would be no easy task. He sighed like the old gnome he was, shut the door, and went to Boibel's kitchen to put on a pot of tea. Boibel grumbled, his bug eyes scanning Whitebeard for danger while his hands fretted about his face and yanked at his hair. Look at yourself, Whitebeard lamented while pouring them both cups of chamomile. You're not even wearing your conical hat. What kind of gnome have you become, huh? The orcs are going to invade. They'll steal everything, every gal and every hat and and Boibel trailed off and tended to a machine tugging at his leg. It looked like an acorn launcher of some sort, and it was vomiting ladybug oil onto the mushroom floor. You're hurt. I can understand that, Whitebeard agreed, tugging on his long white beard. Once, when I was a boy, an orc bashed my conical hat to pieces in front of me. It was profoundly upsetting. But we don't want all that to happen again, do we? We don't want the orcs wondering why our inventor is inventing weapons all of a sudden, do we? Boibel merely stared at Whitebeard. He didn't drink his tea or wipe the ladybug oil off his hands. Whitebeard hoped Boibel was still following him. Anyway, he continued, it was a shame about Missy Fringe. A brain like yours is a blessing and a curse, you know, and one that most of us don't have to wrestle with. But... We've all been thinking and worrying about you, so here. Yeah. And with that, Whitebeard reached into his pocket and fished out a blueberry scone. Boibel took it without feeling and started to eat it mechanically. Then he started to pick up the cup of tea and alternate sips with bites. And Whitebeard knew he'd be okay. He got up and left Boibel to convalesce. At home, Whitebeard thought of Boibel as he looked across the table at his old lady, Crowsfeet. What was she thinking? Had she fallen in love with an orc too? They'd been married so long that he'd realized he would never fully know or understand her, and it frightened him. He waited until she fell asleep to take out his love thermometer, and he started to insert it in her ear before he stopped himself. Ugh, what am I doing getting all worked up? We're old gnomes, damn it. The only thing we've got left to fear is death. And even then, there's nothing to it but turning off the light, Whitebeard said to himself, and he felt much better afterwards and crawled back into bed.
Meanwhile, Boyble had finished his blueberry scone and tea and felt anxious and lonely again. He decided to go out and stand in his front yard, even though it was the middle of the night and everyone he could potentially protect his yard from was asleep. It made him feel slightly better.